Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will stand firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Ephesians 6, 13, and 14. Strikers, this week, let's continue the armor of God. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution, and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over, and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. Amen. You got a great voice for a tall guy. Thank you. For, for a tall, tall guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right. We got the Brushing Strikers. Welcome back to The Mighty Anvil. The Mighty Season 5. It took you yeah. long enough to get me on. It, it took, yes, it did. It took a whole year and three months. Mm. Um, but we have uh, some Grace Point yeah. family events. Grace Point family <laughs> church. Take your time. Events. Let's go in English. <laughs> we have... We have uh, coming up on April 2nd, we have Serve Day. Um, I'm sure that there's also a Bring the Light Ministries date coming up in uh, April, but I cannot find it right now. Uh, go to gracepointfamilychurch.com for more details. Other than that, we have our permanent food bank in Anna, Texas, located at 505 North Powell Parkway. Um, for anybody that finds themselves in food insecure, stop in, um, get you some food, and we'll let you do a little bit of shopping and uh, also pray with you so that times get better and uh, yeah, leave with a smile. Leave with a service with a smile. Service with a smile. Nice. Uh, Elevate Life Church, we have March 17th coming up, a she gathering. March 19th, we got a food drive coming up. And uh, kind of something that I'm interested in, and I'll be there, is April 19th, we have a parent summit. Although my last kid's almost out the house, but maybe I'll have better luck with the grandkids one day. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not ready for grandkids right now. Uh, Embrace events coming up is April 29th through May 1st. Adoptive family camp out at Lake Whitney State Park. Uh, Mighty Men, if you're listening, we have an opportunity, I believe, to help them set up camp and and whatever they need. Uh, There'll be opportunities there to serve them. Uh, June 8th, uh, Child to Family Connection Adoption event is at Preston Wood Baptist Church. Well, Alan, today we have another one of my special guests on. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks came out and recorded earlier. Bick, he is uh, my Yoda. Okay. And then I had I, I I did call our our guest Yoda then, but I'm thinking I might have to go with Qui Gon Jinn oh. because we've already got a Yoda, right? So, right. Um, yeah, spiritual. I wouldn't say spiritual father. That's not quite it, but a spiritual friend that uh, has has helped me and corrected me when I needed it, which is quite a bit. And uh, he has dubbed me Captain Literal. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I'm reading uh, the Bible and I'm taking it way literal, he's there to help me out and see see what it really means. Right on. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'm sure he'll correct me here in a minute. Uh, today, we have Mark Zidel on with us talking about the belt of truth. Hello, sir. How are well, you doing? To kick off the belt of truth, I didn't know I got Yoda defrocked. Oh. So I'm not sure I can continue with this podcast. <laughs> well, see you later. That's all the time we have. What was that other thing he said in English? Qui-Gon Jinn. That's twice oh. I've heard it. What, yeah, is that, that was... what is that? So Qui-Gon Jinn is another... Um, Jedi Master. Jedi Master. Another. Another one. So, But he's high, highly ranked up there. But I think, yeah, and I only went with Yoda, and I was like, I can't call everybody Yoda. That was the only. That's but, right. Hey, Qui-Gon Jinn, is a, he's a pretty badass. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I don't want to remind you who told you to go to Bick. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah. For so that particular segment. It's mm. for another episode. Oh, uh, that is true. <laughs> that is true. But, yes, uh Welcome Good to, to be show. here. Good to glad be here. To, glad Thanks. that you're finally here. Took you took you 
long enough to accept the invitation. It's a long drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, core value led. What are your top three core values? Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Trust the Lord, actually. Uh, be a man that other men can trust. And do not ever take yourself too seriously. Do not. I can see where that plays into your <laughs> life. Do not take yourself too seriously. Dude, if it wasn't for God and other men, that'd be my life. <laughs> and I didn't mean to do you. I apologize. No, oh, I, I do to everybody. Yeah, we're not talking about you. We're talking about me. Oh, okay. Favorite uh, places to eat besides home. There's a place in Addison, I don't even know if it's still open, that I used to take my wife all the time called Lefties. That was the best lobster in this town. Lefties? Lefties. I have never, I've never seen it. Never seen guys, Lefties. I used to get around a lot more than I do now. I'm an old... Can I say that on this radio? You can say whatever you want. Fart. <laughs> but uh, Lefties was awesome. All my other haunts... Well, Cappuccino's is another, which is the best, in my view, Italian restaurant in town. And that's over in Richardson off of Campbell in uh, Coit. And I recommend it highly. Oh, my God. They make a lobster bisque. And I wasn't trying to keep it in the lobster bisque. I was going to say, I see a theme going on here. Well, it really wasn't. But then I went to Cappuccino's first. As a matter of fact, we went to Cappuccino's when it first opened. And it was across uh, 635. It was at 635 in Midway. And this this lobster bisque is it's just it's butter in your mouth. It's amazing. What is bisque? It's like a soup, but it's 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 like it's not vichyssoise, but it's thick. Okay, and it is de freaking delicious. Your tongue will beat your brains out if you got a bowl of it on your head. Hmm. So those are those and Vincent's used to go to Vincent's religiously until like locked him down for trying to avoid taxes. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. And I don't know how that happened because I spent a million dollars a week there. Yeah, I don't know where where did what, you, are you bound to I was say Arby's? I was looking for Arby's. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Arby's. No. You're not an Arby's guy? Mm. Really? After my so I have a sister who lives in, in California and she she works in Hollywood, so there's a friend of hers that they were on set one day, and the guy was, I guess the the guy his dad owns a couple Arby's restaurants, and he said like just side note was like don't eat at Arby's, and she's like wait a second why, and the roast beef is it's not it's not what you think it is. <laughs> don't tell me because I do occasionally eat Arby's. So if we're gonna go fast food, I had a double lung transplant in 2020 on July 15th. Mm-hmm. And I got down to 135 pounds. And by the grace of God, Whataburger and Bluebell, I'm now up to 200. So Whataburger <laughs> would be my Whataburger, Bluebell. Yes, what, what, what choice of uh, flavoring? Actually, actually, they're all tied. But when I when I buy for myself, I get Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Neapolitan's yeah. good. It's classic. You can't go wrong with oh, it. Awesome. You got chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Bluebell. My, my nutritionist it. after the operation, because I was so thin, said, you know, I, I tell you what, if 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 you're not putting on weight, whatever you're eating, put a stick of butter in it. If that doesn't work, put another stick of butter in it. I like your nutrition. I liked her too. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Huh. Stick of butter in it. Maybe that's what my problem is. This is the South. How do you, you don't have to tell people in the butter South goes to in use everything. butter. Butter goes in yeah. everything. I need a cup of coffee, a little butter on the side. Yeah. Have you, uh, did you ever make it over to, what was her name? She was a cook on TV. Um, Rachel and, Ray? What's that? Rachel Ray? No, no but it's close. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Dang it. Older Southern lady put butter in everything. Oh, that's Paula Dean, dude. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever make it over to Paula Dean's over in Allen? I didn't know there was a Paula Dean's. Oh, oh man. Oh, my there? goodness. Uh, yes, it was, okay. it was all you can eat. They okay. had some amazing desserts. And it was uh it was obviously home cooking meal like pot roast and chicken fried steak chicken, uh, Chuck had yeah no, I'm sweet spot mm-hmm. <laughs> Chuck had come into uh, a, a a freedom class and he had just got done with Paula Deen's and he said the chicken was so greasy <laughs> that the grease was running down his forearm. Oh, now, see, he got that line from me from another restaurant in Austin, and that ticks me off. Uh oh. We were doing a Daniel fast. In fact, it was the last day of a Daniel fast. And I'd been talking to him about going to Dirty Martin's in Austin. 
the Comeback Palace. <laughs> this is a little place on the Guadalupe, on the drag right down from 40 acres where the University of Texas is. And you, you can watch the guys cook, and I mean, this is the greasiest, most wonderful hamburger you ever put in your mouth, along with fries and mm-hmm. senators and governors and used to go in there, and it was wonderful. So he sends me a picture when he finally goes in there on the last day of the Daniel Fast of a double cheeseburger from from the Comeback Palace in an order of fries. cut the fast malt. short? Huh? Did he cut the fast short? Apparently. Mm. I don't think he bought it just for the picture. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take credit for that line. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> well, we are here today to talk about the armor of God and specifically the belt of truth. And with that in mind, Mark, what is, uh, can you define, paint us a picture of the belt of truth? It's really pretty simple. There, there are six pieces to the armor of God, five of which are defensive. The only offensive piece is the sword, and that's the word. Uh, the belt of truth is is just what it says. It's it holds the sword and supports a warrior, and is the basic tenet in love and love in Jesus's way. So, thinking about the scripture, why do you think Paul started off with the belt of truth and not like? Well, you know, then, the, the breastplate of righteousness or something. Well, then let me ask you a question. Why were the first two commandments placed where they were? They were the most important. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> what do I win? Quick. I'll take sports heroes for 200. <laughs> <laughs> it supported, it supported the, the sword and the word. So that's... The word, obviously, is the most important. Yeah. And the, the, the belt of truth is, is what holds that up and is the foundation. Without, a, without a, a belt, you can't carry the sword. So you can't carry the word of God with you. Mm-hmm. And the sword, back in those days, and this is from the Roman days, was very heavy uh, in most cases. And, you know, if you, if you had to carry it instead of having some place to carry it, it would be cumbersome and couldn't handle anything else you needed to handle. Your right arm would be uh, much, much bigger than your left. Uh, depending upon where you carried it. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> so we got the belt, and we have identified that that is the thing that holds everything together. And it carries the this the sword of truth, or the sword. The sp- I, this is where I get so mixed up. I'm talking. I usually get nervous in front of crowds myself, so I don't <laughs> Yeah, thank you for the uh, studio audience today. When talking about the truth, what is truth? Is it just the words that are in the Bible? Is is that what we're talking about, or is there more than that? <laughs> well, first of all, you don't mind if I find exceptions with you thing, saying just the words in the Bible, like those are garbage. Um, first of all, there, there's, there's several different truths or kinds of truth, and we've got three of them in this room. There's my truth, there's your truth, there's your truth mm-hmm. and none of them are true we all fall short so anything that we say regardless of how righteous we think we are and how spectacularly clean we think we spend our lives is just not true so the basic premise of of us wearing the belt of truth is is, is difficult to manufacture jesus can wear the belt of truth because everything that comes out of his mouth is true but we all have a lens that we look through. Unfortunately, the way to measure that truth is is like anything in life. You measure it against the Bible. And if it's if it's there, then you're good. And if it's not there, not so much. See, I was always told there's three sides to every story. There's your side, there's my side, and then there's the truth. And then there's the truth, absolutely. Absolutely. So we all see things differently. We all compare anything to our own life experiences <clears throat> and unfortunately the, the the key in all that is the word i because it's not about i it's about him and you know people say do what what jesus did uh, do what jesus would do i say no do what jesus did and you're gonna be in good shape so how into like in today's world how do we continue to do what jesus did i mean with everything the way it is well you have to have very thick skin it'd be nice if they let us carry swords we now have open carry in texas <laughs> But I'm not sure that a sword, you know, would, would be too manageable in today's world. It's very difficult. And it's, it's, it's darn near impossible. 
the best that you can do is carry yourself in a way that people around you don't just hear the truth, but they see the truth, they feel the truth, <clears throat> and they know that the truth walked into the room. You can't separate yourself from, from all the bad things in this world, unless you stay home if you're a hermit, I guess you could. Um, the best way to handle any situation, and that's one of the, the scriptures that I wrote down, was that the truth will set you free. If and I said for years, and it just happens to be true that I I, I told the truth as much as I started to say always as much as I possibly could because I can't remember who I lied to. So and if I did what I told them, so it was easier for me to tell the truth. And the older I get, the less I care what people think. So it's very easy for me to tell the truth. Hmm. Uh, it's almost a rabbit hole right there. I feel like that was a bear trap that we could go down to. Uh... And it is, most assuredly. But if, if if I'm honest with you, we'll say that we'll, we'll interchange honesty and truth. And you don't want me to be honest with you. You want me to tell you what you want to hear. You want me to tell you something that's going to make you feel good and fuzzy and warm or agree with some premise or some point that you're trying to make. If I tell you the truth in everything you say, you and I aren't going to be friends very long. Not because of, of, of any difference between you and me, but the difference between our opinions and the way we see life. And that's great. If we were all alike, we wouldn't be necessary. Only one of us would be necessary. What do you think it means that the Bible was inspired by God? I think it means that the Bible was inspired by God. Hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would dig a little bit more into that. Well, there's a scripture, and I'm horrible at, at quoting scripture, that talks about the Bible being useful for instruction and discipline and four or five or six other things. God didn't sit down with a pen and paper and write it, but he dictated it through the minds and through the hearts of of the men that wrote the Bible, the Pauls and the Sauls and the Lukes and so forth of the world. When it comes to that, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that say, how can you trust the Bible if it was written by man? What, what, where do you, where does your mind go when you hear that? Well, man was the, the, the tool and the instrument that was used. I don't think it was written by any man. I mean, I can give myself a plug. I've, I've got a book of prayers, um, that I wrote which is another story for my wife. And I, I don't feel like I wrote the prayers. I just took dictation. Okay. Now, there's exceptions to that. In the Gospels, of course, those were men relaying, <clears throat> excuse me, what they had actually seen. So it's, you know, some of them were written by man, but the inspiration, the subject matter, the, the topics that were dealt with uh, were all inspired by God. He put us all here. We would we would be delighted to be his inspiration, or at least I would. Right, sure. I can agree with that. Yeah. So how do you? So when you say that, you mentioned being the instrument used. So God speaks through us, and in your book, you were talking about, for instance, the book of prayers that you wrote for your wife. You don't feel that you actually wrote the book, but that you were an instrument to get those prayers. Well, so, let me say two things. Okay. Uh, I think I know where you're going. Number one, that was a shameless plug. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, link to the book will be in the show notes. Oh, thank you. No, it will be. <laughs> There's another one's coming out soon. Right on. The, I, 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 I'm not trying to sound Mr. Humble, okay? Okay. I don't consider myself worthy enough to be an instrument of God, but I've, I wrote her, started off with a missive, when we first got married, I'm, I'm, I'm born Jewish and a Christian by choice. And I only became a Christian when I was 55 years old. So we were married for about 10 or 11 years before I, I found Jesus and, and gave my, my soul to God. But all through that time, I mean, every single day, in fact, every single day until I had my lung transplant and I was unconscious for a day. So I'm a little difficult to, to write prayers. I wrote her a prayer every single day. Now, that's for 23 years. Do the math on that. Wow. I'm not bright enough, and I'm exceptionally bright, to write a different prayer every day for 22 years. Now, there's some common phrases and whatnot. In fact, your verbiage is, is, is unique to you as your fingerprint. But no two were alike. I didn't duplicate one one time. So how did you listen to God when... Man, I sat down and I start. I did. I wrote the book and everything, every prayer on my phone, <laughs> which is ridiculous. No, it's not okay. It's hard. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah. God, to turn it into a book, that was insane. 
um, where was I going with that? I, I, I sit down and, and at this point now, and I, I hate to admit this, but I'm, I kind of hate waking up because <laughs> I'm going, oh man, what am I going to say in a prayer today? Mm-hmm. And it's, it just starts and happens. And that's why I, I give him all the glory and, and would be proud and honored to be considered the instrument of what he has to say. Uh, but I don't, I don't hear a voice. I don't, I don't hear an audible voice of God when I do anything. I don't think. You know, I mean, I've got that little st- small, still voice that's my conscience or whatever. Sure, sure. But I've, I've never been arrogant enough to say that that was God. So I, I don't know how to answer your question other than I just did. And most of these were written at about 530 in the morning. No, I mean, I, I was going to say, I don't think there's a, really a right or wrong answer as far as, you know, how do you listen to God? I mean, some I think some people do hear a voice and other people, like you said, things just happen. It's not anything that you do conscious consciously subconsciously something's there that is helping you put words to paper i'm trying to remember i can't the guy drives me crazy wrote uh undercover that we had to read and his Uh, wife john bill yes belvedere i don't think it's belvedere no but but that's real club bevere bevere yeah and he was in one time and uh the only reason he drives me crazy because he starts every book with the devil didn't let me to write this and (laughs) cattle um, what was I going to say? He said that, that, that people hear God differently. He hears it differently from his wife. She hears the audible voice of God, if I recall. And then in every book I've read that he's written, and there's been a bunch of them, every book I've read of his that he's written, he talks about hearing God. I get a little jealous sometimes when I hear people say, I hear a, an audible voice from God. And I don't... Not- my wife talks to him all the time. She hears him all the time. Well, really? that's what we do with prayer. Well, talking to him. That's true. That's very true. But I also think that sometimes that I think what you're saying, Mark, is correct. I don't think everybody always sees it. Sometimes I think it's just a, a, a feeling you get, a tug, a... Urge. An urge, yeah. A prod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, when I was younger, I would, um, you know, dabble in uh, alcoholic drinks on the weekends. I have to go. <laughs> Look at the time. But, but, you know, so one would, like, for instance, uh, my roommate at the time, one day, we're talking on Monday or like Tuesday, like, oh man, I can't wait. I'm saying, I can't wait for this weekend. I'm going to party. It's going to be great. And at first, he was all like, yeah, let's go. Let's go out. We're going to have fun. And then Friday comes, and I'm like, yeah, man, we're still going to go, you know, to this, this apartment. And he said, he just said, nah, I don't know. I just have a feeling I should stay home. I was like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just have a feeling. I'm just, I'm gonna stay home. I'm good. Don't worry about it. You know, nothing's wrong. I'm just, I just feel like staying home." So I said, "Okay." So I went. It wasn't a great party. It was not a great party. So his feeling that of I should just stay home. I think that was to me. I think that was God saying, maybe not saying anything audibly to him, but just like you said, a poke, a prod, an urge, a just a, hey, just stay home tonight. Don't go there. Well, kudos to your friend. I wish I had listened to that poke and prod a lot more than I did. Yeah. When I was a youth. You were a youth? I was a youth. There was a time. Huh. Back before dirt was invented. Wow. I think I was right after the dirt, I feel like sometimes. You were way after the dirt. Way after the dirt. (laughs) Why is it dangerous uh, not to have or not to be wearing the belt of truth? I don't want to keep politics out of this. Well, if if you if you're missing the foundation of anything, house gonna fall down. If the bones are good, the rest don't matter. But if you haven't got something solid to 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 support yourself, and that that falls in line with with the man you now call Yoda, and why he's so <laughs> adamant about biblical <laughs> illiteracy. And I, I ask my guys all the time, or at least I used to in Bible study, what's the hardest part of the Bible to describe? And the answer is the part you haven't read. So how can you, what do they call it, apologistics? Apologetics. That too. How do you, you support your belief in things unseen if you don't know what the things are that that thing unseen promotes? So if you don't have something to hold up his word and <laughs> holding up his word is knowing what the heck it is, 
and you're 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 making you're making a bad case for yourself. You know, the next question that I have here, and it kind of is what you just said, is uh, when you hear the statement, uh, "Life does not come with an instruction manual." Is there something in your head at first that you want to tell the person? Is there anything like? Well, yeah. First, I say, are you carrying a BS button with you? Bible study. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Think cow patties. <laughs> Whoops. That's an unmistakable smell. Yeah. Um, Texas. Yeah. Of course, there is an instruction book. It's been around for over two thousand years. Has. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was well. You mentioned biblical illiteracy earlier. What do you what What comes to your thought or what comes to your mind when you think of? Well, one of the things that Pastor Keith, I won't say promotes, but says or used to say quite frequently is, "We're one generation away from a godless society." Kids these days don't read the Bible. Kids these days don't understand. Oh gosh, I I, I don't remember all the statistics, but I want to say seventy percent, maybe more, of Christian children, I'm making those little air quotes for all you in the radio space out there, <laughs> um, that go to college as Christians become atheists because they have no way to defend, understand, and explain their God and why they believe in him. Yet professors these days, oh, that's what it was, 70% of professors are atheists, which just blew me away when I read it. Hmm. Um and it doesn't really matter what the numbers are if you if you're not grounded in and don't understand what you're living to have kids in church is great but if they're just in church to be in church what are you doing i mean you're showing them when the building is but not why it was built yeah you're you're showing them that there's somebody that lives there but not introducing them to him and the onus it's like being a parent the onus is not on teachers to raise our children or it shouldn't be not even discounting corporal punishment, which I am a proponent for, which is in the Bible. So was my dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let me so show you scar right here. Um, but it, if, if if they're just in church to be in church, they're, what can they learn? And, you know, it's not the church's responsibility to teach them. That's where I was going with Yeah, that. no, you're right. I mean, because Pastor Earl said the same thing about biblical illiteracy and said that we are the most, as today's time, we are the most biblically illiterate generation that's ever existed. And when I say that the church is not responsible for teaching our kids, they're responsible for making the information available, explaining questions and so forth. But I still think the onus is on parents, and we've all gotten so busy. I haven't got time for that. Put them in front of the television. Now put them in front of a virtual reality, which I haven't done. That really looks cool. And, <laughs> and let that be their babysitter. And that is so sad. Yeah, I think uh, even for us as, as adults or us as individuals, I don't think it's I don't think it's a pastor's responsibility to teach me about the Bible. I think it's my responsible my responsibility to have that relationship with God. Church should be a supplement. It should That's be it. a supplement. It should be Amen. a supplement. It shouldn't be the only the helping of Jesus or or God or religion that you're getting that day. And what does church mean anyway? It's a gathering of people. It's a community. It's a family. It is a family. Yeah. I've heard recently when how recently? Uh 2 weeks ago. 2 weeks ago. And even mind reader before, before then. Um, and where was I going with that? <laughs> oh, the mind is a terrible it. thing. The mind is a terrible thing. What were we talking about? Church talking about- and teaching children about the Bible and what's in it and God. And- so I don't know which way I want to go with this. We'll go you, both ways. Yeah. Well, oh, that seems to be very popular. It is popular Ooh. these days. <laughs> How many kids do you have, Mark? Two biologically, three with my wife. Okay, none of none of we didn't have any children together. What uh, what did uh, Bible time look like to you with the kids? Oh wait, you were I was Jewish. You were Jewish, so we only did the half of the Bible that most Christians haven't read. <laughs> the hard part. Um, that's what somebody said the other day. He said, man, I was reading the Old Testament. He said, God was a different God. He was angry. I said, man, you Christians are a bunch of sissies. <laughs> <laughs> what is, I don't know, I, I, I'm just going to go here. What is the difference between uh, Judaism and Christianity? <laughs> I'm not going to talk for 48 hours. That's oh, okay. not going to happen. High level. The, the layman's terms, thumbnail sketch 
is Christians believe that Jesus was was the Christ, the Messiah, and to the Jews he was a rebel rabbi. A rebel rabbi. Yeah. I like that term. Well, I didn't coin it, but okay, I'll go with that. We didn't we didn't say Jesus in in temple. And you know, I I don't know this to be a fact or not, but it's something I heard. Uh, Jews don't go to heaven. Jews don't believe in heaven. Jews don't believe in heaven. As, so what Christians is the purpose do. of to live a good life? Don't be a smartass. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I thought that was the answer to the question I was about to <laughs> was about to ask was uh, yeah, just live a good life. I mean, what what keeps you? What keeps a Jewish person? to follow the path if there, I mean, for me, it's like, okay, this is where I want to be. I don't want to be, well, you know, now days, I don't want to be here. Just come take the wheel, Jesus. But like, what keep, why would you want to stay on? What keeps a, you from get, staying? What keeps you, what keeps you living a good life? If there's not. Well, obviously I'm a bad one to ask since I'm converted to Christianity. <laughs> It's. I mean, people that haven't been raised as Jews, the Jewish religion is very misunderstood, and it, it's all about love, and it's all about fellow man, and it's all about family, and it's all about doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. So what what keeps you on the path is if you do the wrong thing, that's not going to be a good thing for anybody, and that's that's incredibly simplistic and elementary and. I, 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 I can't go into it in depth as much as somebody who I'm like a priester when I was a Jew, a Christian that goes on, on Easter and, and, and Christmas. See, yeah. We went on Yom Kippur and, and Rosh Hashanah, which were the two high holy days, two biggest high holy days. And I wanted to play baseball. I didn't care about Judaism. I wasn't bar mitzvah. Uh, we were reformed Jews, um, which is the, <laughs> I hate to say the lowest form of Jew, the least um, strict, uh, but in 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 those in my family, there are a lot of conservative Jews. Uh, I don't think we have any Orthodox Jews, but it's you know it's it's a way of life and one that's prosperous. And when you look back at the Jews, Jews were in slavery for two thousand years. They were nomadic people because they had to get away from everybody periodically. Mm-hmm. They were either going to be subject to genocide or found guilty of something for some reason because in most cases and forgive me I'm not trying to be arrogant they were brighter they were more successful uh, and that was a lot of that was because they studied the Torah and the way that they passed it down from generation to generation was by writing it down and going through it that's why when you go through the all the names and in uh, numbers that's why they were there so people would remember their history because that's the only way they had to do it but it was important to them and to uh, to to be of good heart and sound mind, and I don't have to tell you how many uh, Jews are on the Nobel Peace Prize award list compared to other religions or whatever you cubbyhole Jews as <laughs> cubbyhole. <laughs> so it was a way to to also to stay together and not be exterminated, uh, which was attempted many times. Strikers, uh, let's uh, go pay some bills real quick, and when we get back, we'll find out some more truth right after this. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We use Anchor for this podcast and our other podcast, The Weekend from A to Z. So if you're about to start a podcast, lift Anchor with Anchor FM and set sail on your new adventures. Welcome back, Strikers. We are here with Mark Zydell, my Qui-Gon Jinn, <laughs> former Mr. Yoda. Former Yoda. That hurts. Oh, man. I feel that over here. You feel that over here? I feel that oh, over here. Pass so me sorry. a Kleenex, will <laughs> What is uh, your most favorite or what verse in the Bible 
uh, best describes truth to you? I told you I didn't quote well, so I had this written down. As soon as I found what I did with it. Uh, John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And John 8, 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How will the truth set us free? What is that? If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember who you lied to. Freedom from that anchor that drags you around. Well, there's no thick skin left in this world anymore. Everybody gets offended by everything. Whether you're you're black, white, brown, red, yellow, green, God says we're all the same. But that's certainly not the way this society looks at anything. If If I have something that I don't like, it's your fault. Critical race theory. You're responsible and you owe me something. Ha! I don't think so. So that's another reason why I said before that people don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear their truth. I can can relate to that. My truth is pretty pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) If you do say so yourself. Yeah, if I do say so myself. Uh, That reminds me. So I don't know if... Squirrel Strikers, if y'all haven't heard me talk about Ted Lasso, uh, here we go again. But uh, that great philosopher and disciple. Have you have you watched any of the Ted Lasso? No, I haven't. But I've been told about it. Oh a my goodness! Times. I understand it's fabulous. It's like I want to be like Jesus. I mean, that's what my that's what I model my life and try to be as best as I can. And then Ted Lasso. He has a bunch of life lessons. That is how to be a good person. So does the Bible. So does, that's that's what we're talking about today. But love me some Ted Lasso. Anyway. I digress, and I go back to the one of the guys. His name is uh, Jamie Tart. It's a funny name, um, but he walks in like on, Ted Lasso is in a funny name, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? He uh, walks in uh, to Ted's uh, office, and uh, they give they they hook him up with a present. That anyway, <laughs> he he says, "God bless me, everyone." <laughs> it just cracks me up. I don't know why. That, that's an amazing episode. If you um, don't hit all the Ted Lasso's go to season two, uh, the Christmas episode. It will make you laugh. Um, I'm worried about reciting Bible verses and you're talking about Ted Lasso <laughs> and the series and the, 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 you're, you're quoting Bible and scripture and I'm quoting <laughs> Ted Lasso. I, I see. I but see not the, just that, the, the, the actual, what do, what do you call that? The, the, episode I'm sorry oh the episode yeah yeah we go to the bible the episode with Daniel (laughs) (laughs) season 2 episode 6 is the Christmas episode you find Daniel in the fire with his three friends (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness Um, that story Daniel is not as funny as the Christmas though anyway how do we use the belt of truth to combat our enemies lies or the enemy's lies. Our enemies. Our enemies. Our enemies are your enemies. Well, you can lie all you want to. The difficulty with truth is you have to convince somebody of it. Um, I can I can tell you the truth all day long, but again, it boils down to my truth. I have to find a way to make it your truth. How do you convince someone of the truth? Well, that's the rub. A mind convinced against this will is of the same opinion still. So by the way, again, you carry yourself, there certainly it's the, the, Satan was lying to Jesus on the mountaintop when he gave him the three dares and Jesus quoted the scripture back to him and the devil be gone. And that's the first step. My, I guess if I have a favorite anything from the Bible, it's get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Do you feel that you wear the belt of truth daily? That I read it daily? Where? I, I do the very best I can. I I don't know how you can have children, let alone grandchildren, which you gentlemen will thoroughly enjoy. You will realize why you didn't kill your children while they were alive. <laughs> Let's come real close. Um, I don't want them to see anything. And, and don't misunderstand, I'm way far from Lily White. I've made huge gaffes in my life the vast majority of which I've told my children about because I don't I don't want them misunderstanding I'm not some kind of 
perfect apparition that, you know, I, I want to have a legacy to follow. I want them to know there's dirt and there's filth and there's nasty things that you're going to come across in your life. And that's just the way it is. So the, the sooner you develop that thick skin I meant to talk about a minute ago and not be so sensitive about everything and get your feelings hurt over everything that doesn't agree with what you think your principles are because they're going to change over time. Uh, the best thing that I can do is be as truthful as possible. But again, I'm I'm not trying to say that I'm rare or anything special. But I'm going to tell you the truth because, frankly, I don't give a damn. If you don't like it, take your business down the street because that's the way I believe. I believe that, that, that my rights end at yours, which most people don't. They don't want other people to have rights. You, you listen to what I say, you do what I say you're going to do, or you're wrong. So there's a difference between truth and right and wrong, okay? There's a difference between truth and right and wrong. My contemplator's kicking in there. <laughs> well, I'll see you Thursday. <laughs> oh, this is Thursday. This is Thursday. I should have picked another day. How does uh, the truth ease doubt? If, if I trust you, and that's why it's one of my core values, then I can remove your doubt because you trust me, or hopefully you trust me back. And it's a lot easier to convince somebody that, that believes in you and what you have to say because you feel like, and I do, have your best interests at heart and want you to live life to the full and live life abundantly. And I can't help you do that if I lie to you. So the best way I can do that, you, you learn just about everything in this life by rote, by doing it repeatedly. And if I'm telling the truth all the time, then I don't have to convince you that I'm right, wrong, or indifferent. You can, with confidence and clarity, tell people he's telling the truth. You may not believe him, but he's telling the truth. Mm. I sleep very well with myself at night. Uh, no, I think I asked this question earlier, so that's okay. Go ahead. Through the might knock this one or delete it, but <clears throat> I said, "How can we put on God's armor in today's world?" I think I asked it earlier. You did, but yeah. I mean, it's 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 uh, probably the most difficult question you can ask. It's like right up there with, well, if God invented everything, who invented God? You're you're dealt a hand, a certain set of circumstances. None of us have the same one. But the best way to wear the belt of truth is is to be honest and to be truthful. And I'm not trying to be Pollyanna. I'm not trying to be serendipitous. But it's not that hard. It doesn't make you very popular. But I gave up popularity contest a long time ago. You know? So it's... it. If you ask me something and don't want to hear the answer, don't ask me. Because I'm going to tell you. And again, that, I'm, that, I'm not trying to say I'm all that. And that makes me special and wonderful. But it does. Because there aren't a lot of people that way. They're going to go out of their way not to hurt your feelings or not to be confrontational. Not to, to upset the apple cart. And especially these days, because you never know where the arrows are going to come from. At least in the old days, there were guys with arrows flaming over there. There were guys with rocks over here. And everybody knew what side they were on. Not anymore. You, you can't tell the sheep from the wolves. You change. You transitioned from Judaism to Christianity. Transitioned. That's you like sounds that. Sounds like a ballet. It was. It was. It was a very graceful dance. <laughs> what? Tell us about that moment. That moment. That moment. That that period of time. Like you just flick a switch and said, "I think I'll be a Christian today." It's kind of like the kids today. I think I'll be a girl today. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a 55-year story. There's an awful lot that goes into that. Uh, but all I can tell you is, Lori, my wife, didn't drag me into church. Now, we did a lot of traveling for four or five years before we came to ELC. This is another story. Uh, and all that time, she was always looking for a church, wherever we were, because we never knew how long we were going to be there. And I, I took her. Fine. No problem. I, I believe in what, in you believing what you believe. She knows about as much about Judaism that you could write in very large print on your thumbnail, which is fine too. But she uh, she very finely tells the story that God told her to bring me to him when we first got married. And don't ever ask for the story because the way she impersonates God is the most ridiculous thing you'll oh, ever now, hear. Now we're having if, her on the podcast yeah, next week if, and we're going to find out. If God, if God sounds like that, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's a, she is she is very close to to God. And like I say, speaks to him all the time. Um, what was the question? No, it's <laughs> so she not subliminally, but but through association with her going to church. I went to several different churches. 
Well, do you remember uh, Amy and Steve uh, Seaver? They used to be at church. I remember the name. Uh, Amy was drop dead, good looking blonde, and Steve was a, a thin. I think he he was in the in the parking lot, uh, brunette, kind of a May September kind of thing, but not quite that bad. Steve, in case you're listening, um, <laughs> they invited Lori out. We'd been in a network marketing firm together, and she says, "I got a church you got to go to." When we had come back from, we were in Chicago and came back to Dallas because her mother was very sick and the wind off of Lake Erie blew through Lori one time in October and she said, that's it, we're going home. As it was colder. <laughs> so, uh, we, in fact, we were staying in the Holiday Inn Express on Plano Parkway and, and off of Preston at the time. I negotiated a, a daily rate, a monthly rate, because we, we had nothing. I didn't know how we were going to stay in there. But anyway, so she takes off one day. I don't know why I didn't go with her. Something was going on. And she comes back from being with Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila and seeing, uh, back then it was just the old building. It wasn't the cathedral. And I mean, her eyes were big. She like buckwheat. Her eyes were big as saucers, not, you know, with that hypnotized thing that they had on Bullwinkle and Rocky. Mm-hmm. And so what in the world happened to you? You have got to go to this <laughs> So the next week I went, and I don't think I missed a week until my uh, my parents passed away. Uh, in the first eleven years, I was there until COVID came around. What uh, what year did you? Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. The week after Thanksgiving was the first time I went. Gotcha. Yeah, that was that was right in the middle. Of, that was was it still Celebration Covenant Church when you got no, there? No, it was Elevate Life, but it, was, it okay. just changed over. Gotcha, yeah. And I went in there and just in, in, in praise and worship, tears were streaming down my face, and Lori's sitting next to me going, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the song? No, I don't. It wasn't song. It was songs. Songs? But I don't remember. What what touched you? God. I'd, I'm, I'm sure I was a closet uh, non-Jew for a long time. I always had questions, and I never really, as you guys were asking me before, if you don't believe in heaven, what was this all about? Well, I always thought that, you know, little little known people in the in the Bible like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, David, you know, probably made it into the pearly gates. And Lori keeps asking me how how could they make it in without uh, uh, without accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And I used to say because there was no Jesus then <laughs> that that the world knew of. He hadn't made it down here. But I guess. The first time that I really grasped the concept that Jews didn't believe in quote-unquote heaven was at my mother's funeral. Hmm. And I had given a eulogy, I guess, and uh, mentioned that that she would be in heaven. And one of the ladies that was there said, Jews don't believe in heaven. Well, I've been a Jew all my life. I believe in heaven. So I don't know how I missed out on that little fun fact. Hmm. But uh, I'd always had questions and of course all my friends were gentiles had a couple gentile wives in the mix um very proud of being jewish wore it like a badge because it was different can't say unique because there's probably more than one but i never understood why jesus was a jew but not accepted by the jews and then we get into the sanhedrin and jealousies and power struggles and my view was the Sanhedrin couldn't accept Jesus because if they did, that mean that their jobs, they were out of a job. And everything that they were promoting was going to be in the wind. Hmm. So a lot of things going on, a lot of emotions, a lot of people that saw the truth and didn't want to hear it, didn't want to believe it. It wasn't their truth. So they killed him, tried to kill him. So I know earlier we kind of talked about the belt of truth kind of being the most important piece after the sword after the sword okay so the most important defensive piece how about that okay the most important defensive piece all right well then i guess that answers my question because i was gonna gonna (laughs) tell me i'm not good (laughs) (laughs) brother. no i was gonna ask i mean it's to me it's it's not i I don't necessarily think there's a right or it's more of an opinion question about you know which armor piece do you think is the most important um to me, I don't think there's. I, I say that there's no right. Or, I don't think that there's a right or wrong. I mean, I could be wrong. Who knows? Well, Paul would disagree with you, but go ahead. Paul would disagree with me. Yes, um, but yeah, I mean, do you feel like there's any more? Is that one piece is more important than the others? Well, they don't call it the pieces of the armor of God. They call it the armor of God. Yeah. 
So it's like the you know the old joke about what's the most important organ. So they they all fit together. They all have a purpose. Uh, one may have more stature, but that's man-made. Right. So it, if it's not all together, if you're not wearing your chest plate and I've got a sword and you and I are at war, you're dead. Right, right. So uh, all the pieces need Work to be together. in place. Okay. Yeah. So in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll get to hear uh, Bick's episode. Uh, one of the questions he asked, and I'd like to ask you. You asked or Bick asked? I don't know. It was Bick. I'm out. Who Mom, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> who are you in the Bible in the Old Testament and in the New? Who am I? Yeah, who are you? Oh, I'm nobody. If Who are you most like? In, I'm not like anybody. You're not like anybody? All right, off the top of your head, who's the biggest smartass you know in the Bible? I will be looking that up now. Yeah. I'm sure time. there was one. Have fun. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good question. Who is the biggest smart? ass in the Bible. And oh, by the way, there's not a lot of converts in the Bible either. Not a lot of converts. Explain that. Well, how many Bible stories do you know about Christians that became Jews with the exception of Saul who became Paul? None. Christians who became Jews. Mm -hmm. Going backwards. Did I just upset somebody? Well, I mean, you can't because number one, Jesus didn't come down to invent Christians. That was something that, that people that didn't believe in Christ came up with. And then everybody in the Bible was Jewish. All of them was my people. All of them. <laughs> All of them. My posse. So now we're getting into a semantic Captain Literal kind of thing here. Gotcha. Yeah, so, uh, so actually every Christian was a convert, but converting from Judaism to, to Christianity. Ah. I see what you did there. Yeah, well, I, I, I painted myself into a corner because I was trying to be so cute, and I said something that was just ridiculous and just now discovering it. That's what we love about you, Mark. <laughs> I, tell, I tell the truth. I've found that uh, so far right now I'm, I'm going, I'm lucky that my Bible has, as you read through it, you'll read something about an individual, and then they have their little baseball card for that person. <laughs> the look on his face. No, guys. no, no. I understand. I'm just trying to think if I had to answer that question, I cannot imagine. I never thought about who it would be. So far, it's uh, Noah because he likes to get drunk and naked. That's for me. Oh, I thought you were going to me. Oh, no. no. no <laughs> I was going to say you've never seen me drunk or naked. I've never seen you on a Saturday night. Wait. going down a really yeah sorry guys we'll pull it back path. we'll pull the reins back no yeah. so far uh it's been noah um that and i haven't gotten to the the new testament yet so i'm just kind of going one you know by one. I'd, I'd love to be daniel i think that would be awesome speaking of telling the truth when he told the truth he could have died for it so i'm thinking that's that's a pretty good truth teller and i do want to be honest and trustworthy and all the traits of lassie except a cold black nose um new testament Jeez, I guess it should be Mark, but they misspelled it. <laughs> <laughs> it's M A R C, guys. Oh, all these years. And when my daughter was six years old, she told me my parents couldn't spell. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. The uh, acorn never falls too far from the tree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which child is like you? They both are, but my both my daughter is me with girl parts. My son is is also me, but he gets a little of his mother, too. Gotcha. And then the last question before we wrap it up. Uh, this came to me today. Uh, I was thinking and wondering, if I'm, make, if I'm praying to be the man that my wife needs... <laughs> you go to jail for it. <laughs> and, and it... It doesn't line up with, well, trying to get this question right. If I'm praying to God to be the man that my wife needs to be, will he help me get there if it's not what he is calling me to be? Well, let's say it's the man that your wife wants you to be. Okay. Number one. That's to be semantically correct. Gotcha. And... If you're what God wants you to be, you can't help but be what she wants you to be. 
Now, she may not realize that. Mm. That's on her. Yeah. You can't not be what people need to see from you if you're being what God wants you to be. Now, the tough part is what God wants you to be. I like that. I like that. Alan, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree. The only thing you can be is what God wants you to be. And I think Mark said it perfectly. She may not realize it yet. Yeah. You know, so for those that are listening, uh, my wife is not a believer. And I'm the only one in the house that is. Um, so it's a, it's been tough to figure out this relationship with her and I. And uh, different thoughts. She thinks differently than I do. You know, different core values, you know, that kind of stuff. So for our marriage to get better, I'm like, okay, I need to be the man that she needs me to be. But I think the way that you said it is want what she wants me to be. And that's different than what she needs me to be. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. Pray to the Lord. I like that. Is there any uh, final parting words about truth that you would like the general public to, to know? The general public. I, I, I wonder how it got to be the general public and why not the private public or the corporal public or the sergeant <laughs> public. The, uh, the, the, the toughest part of this whole thing is truth is really easy to talk about. It's a lot harder to do. And if I've given anybody the, the impression that I haven't lied before, let me tell you to get over that right now. And there are lies I've told to protect myself. There's lies I've told to protect my family. And there's lies I've told because I didn't know what else to do. So I, I don't think there's anybody that hasn't told a lie. And just some more frequently than others and some are more damaging to people than others. The best you can do is the best you can do. And what people need to strive to do is be better than they were yesterday if you can make a step closer uh, to to the truth and I, I, I make a joke out of everything but I, I'm serious when I say if you tell the truth you don't have to remember who you lied to if you tell the truth you don't have to remember what what you what you said because the truth is like God it really changes um, in fact, I can't think of a time that it did change. Man tries to change truth. Mm. Well, you can be, what is it we're up to now, 53 different genders that people consider themselves or whatever. I mean, I, I guess with my sense of humor, I'd, I would have told my teacher I identified as a chicken or something like that just to be funny. <laughs> you know, But it's not funny these days. There's And you didn't ask me this, but in my view, there's two genders and they're pretty easy to identify which is which. <clears throat> so unless they're a cat then it's kind of difficult you should have to lift the tail <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I don't, I got I don't a story know. about that too with that there's not not, not not on this podcast um, so it's it's you know truth is, is is what you make of it because you have to accept what you think is truth before you can begin to tell anybody else about it and the, I think the biggest problem in society not, uh, over and above not wanting to hear the truth is when you do hear it you don't know what to do with it you don't know if it's mm. manufactured or nowadays. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a huge problem. Propaganda. Yeah. Well, uh, we got the breastplate of righteousness next week okay. with Dan North. All right. Um, we typically have our guest pray us out. We haven't had anybody decline yet. Oh, well, it may be the first. <laughs> I thought, that, I thought I, you'd I, take I told that you challenge. I wrote a prayer book. I'm going to decline, make it a prayer. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so the real quick. So the prayer book you have is the prayers that you wrote to your wife. I did. And where can you get that? Unfortunately, through Amazon. Unfortunately? Well, it'd be nice if it was easier just to run down the store and pick it up. Gotcha, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Right on. And what's the name of the book? Good Morning Beautiful. Good Morning Beautiful. I think there are four. They're called Good Morning Beautiful, so you have to get the one with Mark with a C, Mark Zydell. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then before we pray out, uh, how do people get a hold of us? For those that have questions or comments, you you can feel free to email us at mightyanvilpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Mighty Anvil Podcast. Past that, if you'd like to listen online, you can go to themightyanvil.com. 
Yeah, because if we ever get uh, kicked off a platform, we got our own platform. We got our own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And All that's right. truth. There you <laughs> go. That's truth. There we go. There we go. All right, Mike. Uh, Mike. Mike? Oh, call me whatever you want. Yoda, Mike. <laughs> Qui-Gon. If you're looking for the book, go with Mark. Okay. If you're looking for the book, go, we're going with Mark. And then, uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. You know, I don't know why I'm a- asking this question right now. You once told me a story. And yet, he's going to ask it. Um, go ahead. <laughs> you once told me a story about your daughter in a rock. Yeah. You want me to tell the story? I would. Yeah, I, I have to remember what was on the rock now. She was, uh, I, I don't want to say I was promoting Christianity, but she was in, I made such a dramatic change from where I was to where I am that it, it got her interest. And, and my daughter does not do anything halfway. You talk about a while ago, your whatever your body function was, was at 103%. Oh, yeah, the kidneys. This, this is my daughter. She's all in or nothing. So she was was trying to she was struggling with you know how she wanted to explore Christianity and whether or not that was a real thing and something for her and in the middle of that process she's walking out in front of her apartment building and she sees this rock I got a picture of it somewhere a smooth stone and I'm trying to remember what was on the rock but it was uh, a cross and dead it I don't know blessings or or something like that that was very Christian and very religious and very out of the blue. So it was a, a an urge for her to come and and explore what we share. Right on. Yeah, I remember that story. I think you told me that like eight years ago. It's longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's been a while. Um, all right. But hey. my favorite story about her was she was going out of town one day, and she went by an ATM, and she uh, got more money out than she had asked for she says what do i do i said well you gotta tell the bank and that okay my daughter follows advice from me for whatever reason she said and i forget what what she did when she called them and whatnot but everything was okay and she said you know i learned something from that story i said well i'm not sure if it was for you or for me truth truth ah that fits in nicely Mm. see how i did there i just see what you did there Mark, I absolutely love you to death. You are. <laughs> I love uh, you back. Uh, a really, yeah. I look forward to the text that you send me every Saturday morning. Oh, even sure. Now you're going to get me in trouble with that. What's that? The people that I don't are going to be saying, how come he gets it to you? <laughs> Guys, it's a subscription I pay $5 a month for. <laughs> well, then you owe me a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Owe you. Uh, I might not always reply to them, but I think I've mentioned yeah. that they do. They. T- they they mean a lot to me. So. I'm honored. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful for you to be in my life. It's good to be there. Thank you. If you could pray us out. I would be delighted. Right Heavenly on. gracious Father, this is the day that you've made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Father, I pray that although we're talking about truth, the only truth is, is the truth that you bring. Uh, I pray that men, women, children uh, accept your word, which means they have to read it first. Put forth the effort to understand it. Seek out wise counsel and and share truth with the people around them in the way that they're comfortable with. But always, always, always staying away from the evil side and the dark side that is on everybody's shoulder and in everybody's ear saying, no, you really don't want to do that. You're going to hurt somebody's feelings. You're going to upset the apple, court, apple cart. You're going to uh, make things worse than they are already. Speak the truth. The truth will set you free. I pray over everyone that may be listening to to what we're saying today, certainly over the two men I've had the great good fortune to spend uh, a significant amount of time with here. I pray over all your families that heaven's holos to angels places a hedge of protection around them all and keeps them safe and warm, wise and seeking wisdom, spiritually alive and anointed, uh, blessed under your grace and favor and living an abundant life. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to openly uh, praise you, worship you, and give you thanks for all the blessings that you've bestowed upon us, which millions and millions and millions of people in this world don't have the uh, the opportunity to do. Lift them up, let them be fed, and let us be part of that and continue to serve you to the best of our ability. It is in your precious, sweet, holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Right on, Strikers. Until next week. See you.